This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Um, concern, John, with the Lakers. Mm. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I know. I know. I will obviously, uh, I know you're a uh, LeBron fan first and foremost, so that you can separate yourself from the Lakers, uh, fandom, um, bigger issues though, Lakers and, and take, keep in mind expectations too, because again, what were realistic expectations for this Lakers team? I'm not talking like, oh, they have LeBron. Of course, they you know they can go to the finals. I'm talking about realistic expectations for this Lakers team. Well, I mean, in the NBA, we can always see teams reinvent themselves with a trade or two because the roster size is so small. So, you know, you're hoping if you move Russell Westbrook for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner that that's going to improve the team. That's been a long rumored trade that hasn't happened yet, but maybe it will. The concern with me is Russell Westbrook is still their third best player, and he is just maddening to watch. I mean, mm-hmm. he's the most inefficient player in the league, probably the least self-aware athlete I've ever seen. And like, he will not change his game at all. Like, he will just not evolve into the latter part of his career. We have to change his game. Yeah, there's obviously concerns. LeBron looked good the other night. I thought Anthony Davis looked okay. Uh, the first quarter, he was a beast. The second, third, and fourth quarters, he wasn't so much a beast. Uh, he's got to be more consistent than that. But I just look at their roster and go, what do they have here? I think they've got cast-offs and, you know, undrafted free agents. And that's a league about talent. I mean, football, you can kind of get an undrafted free agent. And next thing you know, he's an all-pro cornerback. 
it, that doesn't generally happen in the NBA. It's about talent. And after LeBron and Anthony Davis, they just don't have much. So they're going to have to make a move. But, yeah, they've got obvious concerns without question. Do you think there'd be uh, a, a lot more urgency or, or pressure had this team not won in the bubble? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Because yep. when, you, when you think about the big picture of LeBron's stint in L.A., it's been largely unsuccessful relative to to his previous stops. Let's put it that way. Again, we're 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 basing his success off his own his previous success, which again, that's the only way you can really compare LeBron uh is to himself. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I I don't I don't know. Like obviously I think the expectations, you know, from from the from an outside perspective looking in were to your point, you know, pretty obvious. Like we we we, it, it, Russell Westbrook was was an issue last year. Not necessarily like again. You look at it and you're like, okay, just do the same thing over and it's going to fix itself. Well, no, it, it's, no. it's not how things work. And I think that's kind of what the Lakers expected. Um, speaking of doing the same thing over and expecting different results, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Now, again, I asked you this uh, based on expectations. Now, the expectations for the Lakers, I don't think were reasonably high. I think they were still pretty high regardless of, of what happened in the off season for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, <laughs> that first game was a disaster and I'm not sure if it's going to be any different much of the season. I mean, what, 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 what gives you hope that the Nets are all of a sudden going to turn it around and play like a cohesive unit? Yeah, that's a difficult one. Cause they play no defense. Right, and that was a problem last year. None. It should be a little bit better with Ben Simmons, who is a good defensive player. If he's on the court, he fouled out last night. Uh, it, it appears to me that their two best players don't want to be there. That's an issue, right? Like Kevin Durant demanded a trade, and then Joe Sy, the owner, said, no, you're staying here, so here's Durant in Brooklyn. I still think by midseason you're going to see Durant move. I think it could happen with Phoenix because Phoenix may have a new owner by then and they're paying DeAndre Ayton, who doesn't look very much engaged either. And You may have a swap of Ayton goes to Brooklyn for Durant and whatever other pieces you need to do to, to make that work. And then Kyrie Irving wanted to play in L.A. So you, your two best players don't even want to be there. So I don't know. That, that's not really a good thing. You, you want your two best players to be engaged so that the rest of the roster follows suit. Um, yeah, they, they've got their own issues. I, I think, you know, Stephen A. Smith, talked about this the other day I was on this about three weeks ago I think the Nets would like to have Ime Adoka as their next head coach and I think the Celtics suspended him rather than fired him to keep him away from going to Brooklyn or somewhere else um, because Steve Nash just can't handle this group Steve Nash is not a good coach he's a great player great players don't oftentimes make great head coaches so um, yeah they've got they've got their own issues but again it's, it's tough to glean much after one game I mean my Denver Nuggets who i picking to win the NBA championship uh, loss last night to Utah, a team that's tanking. So I, I think they'll be okay after that. But there are big issues in Brooklyn. The thing with Brooklyn and L.A., Ian, is they have so many huge stars that, you know, we just can't take our eyes off of them, Yeah. right? Like, it's like you got LeBron, Durant, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis, it's New York, L.A. So whatever they do is, is on steroids. Um, whereas, you know, Denver can lose its opener to Utah and no one's really talking about that. Yeah. And, and well, I mean, and, and again, that's, that's the domination of the big markets, you know, and, and right. not necessarily a East coast, West coast thing, but, uh, just big markets, New York, LA. I mean, that's, right. that's it. And, and again, <laughs> 
Utah is, to your point, tanking. And it's like, okay, well, it's Utah. Who the hell cares about Utah? No offense right. to anyone from out yep. there in Utah. I'm sure it's beautiful and uh, and all that stuff with mountains and Mormons and all that <laughs> stuff. But, you know, it, it, it's <laughs> – no, I. but, you know, you look at these teams and regardless of all these, like, you talk about it, it's, it's a star-driven league. You know, this sport more than anything is, you know, you can you can change on the flip of a dime with just an acquisition of a player or two. Now, sometimes the cost to get that player might be high, but that's how basketball is. You can change that quickly. Uh, so that's why it's puzzling to me that they, uh, you know, these two teams with the talent that they have, because there is talent, especially more so on Brooklyn than than L.A. I'll, I'll buy into what you're saying with, with L.A. where it's like kind of like the big three. But even you said, you know, Anthony Davis was OK. Well. Anthony Davis has to be more than okay if this team's going to win. That's what he was brought mm-hmm. in to do is be more than just okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I mean, he, he's supposed to be a top 10 player, and he has been in the past. The year they won the title, he was what he's always been before the bubble, which is a dominant player. The problem with Anthony Davis is he doesn't want to play center. He wants to be more of a four it feels like at times a three Mm -hmm. and that's a problem because he's not a really great outside shooter so again I always kind of push back on on an athlete do what you're really good at right like we're not asking Tom Brady to run RPOs because that's not really what he'd be good at he's great at everything else so let him do that you know if a guy's a running quarterback don't take that away from him because that makes him special so it's the same thing in the NBA Anthony Davis is great in the mid-range he's great with his back to the basket he's really good in transition all those things so let's you know build that up and then don't have him taking threes where he's at like 25 percent same thing with Russell Westbrook Russell Westbrook should never ever again attempt a three it's not not only that he misses there's air balls there's balls off the shot clock I mean he's going to injure someone somewhere behind the basket at some point he's that far off but, yeah, that, that's a problem with Anthony Davis. Um, unless he just got happy that he won a title. And now that's, you know, that's on his bio that when he's eligible for the Hall of Fame and he'll make it his first time in because he's put up phenomenal numbers, especially in that sport where everybody seems to make the Basketball Hall of Fame. You know, same. I think I got nominated. I think I got nominated. I voted for you. Yeah, so thank you. Pick up. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. I appreciate I've you, it. I've seen you play pickup. You yeah. definitely belong in there. Yeah, you know, I used to be a beast under the boards until I got old and my shoulder mm-hmm. gives out every time I go up. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! Yeah, yeah. It, 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 well, it, it was more of a mental thing, too, after that. I mean, it would still pop out, but, you know, my, my confidence going up with my right arm was 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 greatly limited after my shoulder kept popping out. So, uh, and uh, the Celtics, thoughts on their uh, opening night win because i i think it, as crazy as it sounds john i almost feel like people are underrating the celtics you know what i mean like i think people talk about miami they talk about obviously milwaukee and and some of these other teams in the east obviously brooklyn for for obvious reasons but i feel like the celtics team is somehow going to surprise some people this season well, they're the favorites to win the East and, in fact, win the NBA championship. Uh, I, my concern with the Celtics is Rob Williams. Um, when is he coming back and what type of shape will he be in? Right. You know, they first talked about four to six weeks, then it was eight to 12. Now it's and now we're in <laughs> 2023. And then the second half of the season, like, what does that mean? Is that game 42 or is it after the All-Star break? And, and maybe that will work out because he'll have a shorter regular season, he'll have more in the tank and, in theory, be healthier. 
for the postseason. He's a difference maker. He's the best defensive player on that team, not Marcus Smart, because he can defend uh, the perimeter at an incredibly alarming rate for a guy that's six foot nine, but he's also a rim protector at the highest level. I was impressed. Obviously, Tatum and Brown looked spectacular the other night against Philadelphia. Jalen Brown obviously spent a lot of time in the weight room. He looked like mm-hmm. Khalil Mack out there. I mean, he just looked <laughs> like the biggest, strongest guy on the court. Those two guys are going to be just fine. So impressed with Malcolm Brogdon. He is so smooth yeah. and efficient. He just um, needs to stay healthy. I mean, he can stay healthy. He's another, that's another the, player, yeah. That's the thing. It's like you're sitting there getting your yeah. hopes up, and it's like you just kind of sitting there like just stay healthy. Stay healthy, be in the playoffs. Because that, that is a and huge the, difference maker. Oh, my Lord. I mean – He's the third guy on that team now that can break down a defense off the dribble, Tatum and Brown being the other two. They don't have other players like that, and so important in the postseason that you have that. I always try to figure out why does he get injured so much. He looks to be in really good shape, and he plays such a smooth game. Like, you would think that he'd be a guy that could give you 75 games every year, but who knows? Uh, But he's a really, really good player. who Who had one of the smoothest swings for the Red Sox for so many years? Just a perfect, beautiful swing. I mean, it was like the same swing every single time. Oh, J.D. Drew. Thank you. <laughs> wow, I'm glad. Yeah. That, that was good. I mean, I that was a very – I mean, I guess it was a very vague – I mean, vaguely oh, specific. I him. Yeah, but, again, oh, oh. same thing. You know, you look at that guy yeah. and, and always injured, always nicked up here, banged up there, and that's, you know. But you look at the guy swing the ball when he connected on – I mean, it was just like, oh, my God. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oh, yeah, he was the most mechanical bass. Oh, beautiful. He was a a scout stream. Oh, yeah. You go out to watch him and go, look at this guy's footwork. Look at the way he throws. Look at he's got a great eye at bat because he walks He'd be perfect for those Tommy Mansky uh, instructional videos back in the day, you know? 
where jo- Johnny Damon wouldn't be, right? Because yeah. Johnny Damon, I always, every time I watch Johnny Damon throw left-handed, I'm like, is he really right-handed? And he's yeah. just trying to learn how to throw left-handed. He threw the baseball kind of the way Tim Tebow threw a football. It wasn't very natural. And even his swing was kind of a chop. But, heck, the guy had 2,700 hits and, you know, won a couple of World Series championships, one with the Red Sox, one with the Yankees. Yeah, so that's true. Sometimes the body just breaks down. And then there's other guys that look like they're out of shape that never get hurt. You know, it's just their bodies, you know, are, are able to react. As far as the Philadelphia 76ers in that game, I'm still trying to figure out why Matisse Tybel played less than 30 seconds. I mean, if you look at the box score, he played, but it says zero minutes because he didn't play more than 30 seconds. So they say he played zero minutes, which kind of doesn't make any sense, right? Sounds like a Yogi Berra statement, like he played zero minutes. Well, did he play or didn't he play? He's their best defensive player. Meanwhile, P.J. Tucker, bless his heart, is 37 years old and can no long, longer cover Jason Tatum. Not that there are no, a lot yeah. of guys that can. Like, why is Matisse Tybel on the bench? He wasn't injured. He should have been on the court a lot more to at least try to get in the way of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. But uh, long story short, I think the Celtics will contend all year long. Those two players look like they are so committed. And Tatum is playing with a little bit more anger, which I like, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit more force. And on offense, they're playing with more force and pace, getting into their sets a little bit sooner. I don't know what's going to be on the defensive end. They still can hang their hat on a really good defensive unit. You just don't have to do it on opening night, especially when your offense is that good. Yeah, and again, to your point, I mean, you really want to get uh, Time Lord back uh, to to really boost that defense. But, you know, uh, is it coaching? Is it, you know, and in some cases we see teams that, that lose in the finals or in the Eastern Conference finals actually come back and respond positively to that. And to your point about Jason Tatum being a little bit more assertive and a little bit more aggressive, you know, maybe that's something he learned. I mean, we talk about learning experience from from uh, with quarterbacks and, and adversity. Well, this was some adversity right here. And then on top of mm-hmm. the, you know, everything that happened in the offseason. So is it coaching? Is it this evolution? Is it a little bit of both? I think it's evolution. Obviously, it was frustrating for him. From all reports are that after the finals, where he didn't play well, that you know he didn't want to leave. His <laughs> Meanwhile, home for his, days. his total point total was up there with some of the league's best performers in their first NBA finals. But that's oh, that's yeah. the standard that's set he, for he, Jason Tatum play. and how great he is. Well, yeah, but he, he he didn't play well. I mean, no, no, I agree. I, I'm just I, I was just yeah. I'm just pointing out had, how like the numbers can be a little his struggles would be uh, an absolute career series for most people, but his expectation and, and the reality of it is that the reasonable expectation is for him to elevate in those big moments. A la Aaron Rodgers. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Same, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, like obviously, Rogers. yeah. So, <laughs> sorry. Jeff. Sorry for that. I, it was just, well, a, I mean, it was just a perfect example. You know what I mean? Like yeah. great, great regular season win MVPs. I mean, uh, Jason Tatum may very well win an MVP this season. I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility, maybe a year too soon, but the point is he's going to get there. Um, but at when, when it's absolute, the, the last, you know, when you absolutely need it, that's where he, he and the, the entire Celtics team fell short, not just him. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, they're up two games to one game four at home. You're up four points with five minutes left. Like that's not a done deal against any team, let alone Golden State. But they were in position to win the thing and they couldn't seal the deal. Just look at the coaching change. And I, I look, setting aside whatever the hell happened off the court with Ime Adoka, I thought he did a great job last year. But he's more of a defensive first coach. And I think he really put that into the players' heads that defense 
the most important thing, which, you know, I think that's what separates champions from non-championships is in that sport, believe it or not, even though there's a lot of scoring going on, like your, your defense has to be solid. And I thought the defense was good in the finals. Their offense wasn't. But now Joe Mazzula maybe is bringing more of an offensive mind to it. And they're looking at the point like, okay, the other team scored 117, but we scored 126. And we were really efficient offensively. You realize last, the other night, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were combined 21 of 25 inside the arc. That's 84% that, that's on two-point shooting. That That's great from the free-throw line, let alone, you know, the entire yeah, two-point that's, that, that's, so, that's a far cry from going, you know, stretches during the final series where they just completely went scoreless, you know? Right. And, and again, different situation, more pressure in the finals, also better defensive team, right? I mean, like oh, I said, oh, yeah, Philadelphia decided not to play their best defensive player. Like, I, did Doc Rivers bet the over in that game or something? Like, what – where was Matisse Tybel? I mean, and PJ Tucker is like as old as I am. Like, I, I didn't quite understand that. Uh, what do you What do you think of the uh, uh, Joel Embiid play? Oh, Joel Embiid and Marcus Smart. I yeah. think what they should do next time they play Philadelphia just set everybody aside and let those two guys go at it. <laughs> they obviously have a history, yeah. right? And uh, it continues. But that's what makes the NBA entertaining is the personality. Yeah. Like Joel Embiid is a gigantic guy who's got an incredible personality and you know, is a little bit chippy. We know Marcus Smart's chippy. So, yeah, I mean, they, they both overreacted without question. Um, that That's what's going to happen when those two guys are on the court battling for a rebound. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, again, that's part of, you know, we, we've talked about it before, and, and to your point about, you know, it's good to have villains, quote-unquote. And, and villains, oh, yeah. villains are re- all relative. It's all relative to what fan of a team you're on. I mean, because one, one person's villain is another person's hero. So it's just in the context of sports. But... You know, it's good to have that where it's like it, it adds a, a, an extra layer because at the end of the day, sports are entertainment. And it's like, mm-hmm. how do you, you know, what what's a what's a way to, to make an eventful event even more entertaining? Well, you, you add layers to it. And when you have players that greatly dislike each other, whether it's just on the court or not, but I feel like we, we lost some of that, you know, a little bit too, you know, maybe I start sounding like an old man, a little bit too much Jersey swapping <laughs> and a little bit too much buddy buddying after, you know, I know people are complaining about once again, for some reason, uh, the old Ryan Fitzpatrick clip about Tom Brady, not shaking his hand just popped up, but more of that, you know what? Screw shaking hands at the end of the game. You know what? Throw <laughs> sportsmanship out the window. Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I'm being a little facetious, I guess, but no, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's it's great when you have these natural rivalries and these teams, you know, hate each other because it just adds it adds more drama to the whole situation and and something that's naturally and and I mean something as in a sporting event has a lot of drama to begin with and then you add this element to it and I think it's great so I I like when when things get a little chippy within you know reason not like again it, you you want you don't want to be cheap you don't want to be dirty I mean I'm talking like. You know, a little physicality here and there is, is a good thing, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the older basketball fans kind of push back the way the game is today, where everybody seems to be friends. They played AAU together, you know, and they'll start screaming at the clouds that Michael Jordan would never have befriended an opponent. or Kobe Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going that, that far, but I do like I do like that more than every player like you know just having a grand old time you know again this is just me speaking like a fan right now because mm-hmm. again that's you know we are here to be entertained and not saying like you, you need to entertain us no that's not how i'm saying and i'm just saying like sports are meant to be entertaining so from that standpoint i'm like yeah 
like I like that drama. Not not the not the stuff that doesn't matter to football or basketball or whatever. Like the you know uh, what you know because there's definitely drama that people focus on that has has nothing to do with the actual sport at hand, and that I hate. But I like the drama within the game, like the rivalries, the on court, uh, the history between the two. Not like oh these kids were childhood friends. It's like I, I don't care. Like I, I, you know, enough with these like goody goody stories. You know what I mean? Like I want, I want these rivalries played up. I want, I want, uh, you know, again, I grew up or in high school, I was watching Red, the, the peak of this, the most recent iteration of the Red Sox Yankees rivalry. I'm not talking about the last 10 years. I'm talking about the actual, like you would, you would run over your own grandmother to get to one of these games because it was that, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was, mm-hmm. everything was on the line. And the teams hated each other and it adds a different element to it. So it's like, when, you know, you're out there on the court, you, you, you get the feeling that you're always getting every ounce of effort, every, you know, bit of energy to, to win that game. Cause you know, those players hate the other side just as much as you do. And I, I think that's a, right. That's a, that's a fun aspect of sports. And that's why fans enjoy it. You know, again, I'm speaking from a fan's point of view. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, drum up some, you know, you know, artificial drama. No, I want it natural. I want it organic. And I, like I said, I like, like, I like when fans are yelling at each other. You know what I mean? I like when, when, you know, uh, they're passionate to, to an extent, again, nonviolent, um, non, you know, completely, you know, just bitching and moaning about officials. I'm talking about like, no, I, I hate Joel Embiid because, well, the reality of it is he's really good, but you always come up with different reasons. It's like the same stuff with sure. Brady, you know, like, oh, I oh, hate yeah. him because he doesn't shake hands. No, no, you you hate him because he's really good and he's won a lot. That's that's the reason why you, you couldn't care less. Because, John, if I asked you, did Bailey Zappi and uh, uh, I just did this before we got on the air again. Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett. Thank you. Did Bailey Zappi and Jacoby Brissett shake hands at the end of last game? I would say that I'd probably have bailed out of that. Game yeah. At some well, point. again, sure, you have yeah. no earthly idea. Although, and no, uh, neither does anyone else because no one cares unless it's, a, you know what I mean? Unless it's Brady. I stuck with the Bills and Chiefs game. Again, that went to the wire, obviously. Uh, Buffalo had to have a couple of knees to finish that off. But I just wanted to see the embrace with uh, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. You know, because, I mean, I think these are the two young studs. And, you know, they met at midfield. And I think they have a pretty good relationship. They played golf together against um, Brady and Rogers, right? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they seem like they have a pretty cool relationship. I mean, maybe it'd be better if the quarterbacks hated each other. But I, it, that's a tough one with the quarterbacks because they're almost like this exclusive club. They're, they're well, almost like it, sports yeah. royalty. And, and, and it's not like – because, like, look, I mean, there is a, a ton of respect between Brady and Manning. I mean, uh, and, and it was oh, very yeah. apparent. I mean, even when they were playing, obviously more so now, uh, you know, now that they're both, well, both, Jesus. now that Manning's been out of the league and they haven't been playing against each other for a long time. Um, but th- there was also that intensity where it's like, you knew that they hated each other's team. You know what I mean? Like, right. Peyton Manning hated the Patriots because they were his chief rival. So there, there was a little bit of that, but at the same time, it doesn't rival like I was talking about with the, you know, the Red Sox Yankees from, you know, some of those earlier, you know, early to late nineties, early two thousands, you know, where both teams were very, very good, obviously. Uh, 
and, and again, you know, you you want to see that. Like I said, in basketball, I like a little bit of physicality. You know what I mean? I like people getting banged up. Now, do I want, uh, you know, players punching other teammates in the face? No, that's crossing the line a little bit. Right. But but I but I like the the you know the getting in each other's face and and kind of you know getting a little tense and because it makes it more entertaining. And I think obviously from a fan standpoint, that's what you want. You want entertainment and, and a good product, and that's. That's what I think you get when you add that little element to, to basketball, especially because it's it has been kind of missing for a while. Would you Would you agree? I know oh, you sure. watch you watch a lot more than I do, and and obviously, yeah, no, there's there's yeah. less of it, but you know, I think there's a few players that maybe bring a little bit of that edge to it. Um, well, and Beal, what you and know, he's definitely he, one, he's of one of them. He knows how to get under people's yeah. skin. Yep, I think I think um, Jokic also does and he's got his like massive well, brother just, sitting courtside that looks like too bad he's in denver kill someone <laughs> you know I mean? exactly yeah he's, they're gonna win the championship though so you know, yeah yeah they'll be on that yeah. yeah so but uh the red sox yankees thing i mean i'm so old i remember the rivalry in the 70s where there was a brawl before a game yeah like that, that that's how intense that was they had a rico petroselli you know came out of the clubhouse wearing like shower shoes and shorts and a t-shirt and like was you know in the middle of a melee with other yankees i mean they really hated each other the guys weren't making the money they make now even in you know comparison to what no, the average salary yeah, in life yeah. was so it was a, a different thing you you were drafted by that team you grew up a red Sox or a yankee you know you it was kind of embedded in you that you hate those guys now it's a little bit different they have the same agent they're you know like david ortiz was a guy who just was friendly with everybody right i mean you know he'd be at first base and he was, he was he was a guy that was friendly with everybody. You go back decades before that, like Frank Robinson, who was a great player, even at the All-Star game, would not talk to his teammates at the All-Star break because he looked at them as opponents during <laughs> the regular season. That's a different mentality. That's an ultra-competitive guy. So, yeah, no, it, it's a lot different now. But there's just so much money that's out there that yeah, these yeah. guys would have a lot at stake if something happened. Like a, a five-game suspension is a lot of money, you know, so – uh, or, you know, you, you don't want to break a hand and void a contract or do something crazy like that. Yeah, Back then, it was more the Wild West. Hell yeah. Kevin Brown. Remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Punches, punches well, a cement wall, breaks his hand. Yeah. <laughs> Always, the, the cement wall is undefeated. Yeah, undefeated. Um, for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.